0: to the Starry Night Theater podcast. I'm your host, Alex.
1: And I'm your other host, (laughs) DJ.
0: Yay, you're back. I'm
1: back, and I'm breathing.
0: And I guess I missed you. Okay,
1: (laughs) right, right. You did a great job without me, by the way. Thank you for for Mm -hmm. taking taking it on without me. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. What do you mean? What does that mean? (laughs) I'm complimenting you.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like it's all for show.
1: You, yourself... (laughs) Did a great job. Okay,
0: okay,
1: got it. You, the the human being, Alex, did a great job.
0: Got it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, I had a good time.
1: Yeah, it was fun to listen to. Um, there there were a couple of, uh, notes that I took, and I <laughs> forgot them completely.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to tell me right now.
1: I was going – that was the plan. But then um, – oh, well, I guess we can set this up. This is a two-part episode, so, like, I'm – we're here. We're going to talk a little bit about auditions and like just stuff shoot the Beef. shoot the, the shoot and <laughs> <laughs> um and just yeah I don't know because I'm back so we're just going to talk a little bit and then the other part of this episode is the Jed episode this is our very first episode for somebody who passed and we have Mark and Carolyn on later in the show to uh talk about that
0: yeah So there will probably be, I don't know, an abrupt shift. I guess. Yeah. Maybe not so (laughs) abrupt, but like they're just gonna pop in. They're gonna pop in at some (laughs) point. Magically appear.
1: Yeah. Uh, You get through the sponsorship. (laughs) I cut you off.
0: Oh God! I
1: was so excited that I'm I'm back.
0: (laughs) Do I remember? I mean, I said it twice while you were gone. I feel like it's been a while since the last episode. Probably because it's a Wednesday.
1: Yes, it is a Wednesday.
0: All right. So this episode is sponsored by JDS Electrical, Inc., licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs.
1: For all your electrical needs. I miss that. Uh, I miss this room. I miss this microphone. I miss everything about it.
0: I don't know if I'll sit at that microphone again. Why? <laughs> In case there's any residual. <laughs>
1: Alright. I I'm I'm fine. Alright, so I was gone the first week. You explained all this, but I'm gonna explain it again.
0: Great.
1: Um because I was working like a mule. Like an absolute animal.
0: Which I feel like I tell you this all the time. You're gonna run yourself dry and
1: I'm and- dry. I'm drier <laughs> than the Sahara over here. I gotta be honest with you. I am yeah, I have run myself completely dry. Uh it was Black Friday. Around that time, around Thanksgiving, all that. And I worked Friday to Friday, 10-hour shifts every day and just hated my life more than anything. Um, and then great, great news. That Friday, I'm working in the basement. I'm staying in a way like a madman, which I do do safely. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> what's your, what are your safety measures?
1: Uh, not drinking it. <laughs> what? I I literally – okay, you look it up. But you're
0: breathing it in.
1: All right. Well, this – It's
0: it's toxic where you – like breathing it in is harmful.
1: Uh, Yeah, but like I feel like I'd have to be there for a long, long time and just kind of like lay face down in it and just (laughs) completely inhale it. So this kind of correlates with with what I was saying. So I was losing my voice Friday and I just felt hoarse. Um, But I, I was powering through. I was staining. I was having a good time. Uh, the stain was definitely messing up the chemicals in my brain. I will say that, and uh, I go home feel feel great um, yeah i i 'm covered in stain though like my my skin was literally stained brown
0: is it still stained?
1: no no, no, I got it off um I got it off that saturday the the next day oh. um so I go to crew and the more and more i'm doing there i 'm just like wow i i can 't breathe. I'm not having a good time.
0: But funny thing is you were like you were coughing and sounding hoarse and you were like, I'm not sick, guys. I'm just. Yeah, it was from yesterday.
1: <laughs> well, because when I started, I felt 100 percent. It's just like my voice is gone, which I figured I work. I, I box stuff. So so we have the paper machines that I'm supposed to be wearing hearing protective stuff around oh, because you're they're also that not loud
0: doing that, or you are.
1: That was not on me. I will say that one's not on me.
0: Wait, why is it not on
1: you? Uh, this is not something I want to bring on air. <laughs> okay. um, but, yeah, so we don't wear hearing protection, but they're that loud that, that you should be wearing them. So you have to literally scream over them to, like, talk to anyone. Yeah. And I, I said the hours I was working, so of course I'm going to talk to people. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and so I'm talking. I'm singing. I'm having a good time some of the days. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm losing my voice because of that, obviously. I'm screaming. So I, And I do think that was still part of it. And then I stained, so I was just breathing it in, and I'm like, okay, it's it's a mixture of both. And I felt – like my body felt great. I felt normal except for my voice being gone. But the more I stayed and the longer I was there, I was like, wait, okay, now I'm slowing down and my breathing is like gone. And so I, I went to uh, lunch with my friends from work, and I had every intention on going back to the theater afterwards. But then – I get in my car after that, and I was like, "Wow, I might, I might die right now." Oh, you so never went back. I never went back. I went home and I showered all the stain off of me because I'm like, maybe I'm just still inhaling it, and I'm not feeling good because of that. Uh, but that wasn't the case. I, I was just laying down. I missed the party that night. There was a Christmas party at the theater. I missed it, and members only. And um, I. I don't know. I was just hanging out and I was like, I have to go to the hospital because I feel like I'm going to throw up. And you look at everything online and it's like, yeah, if you're by stain, blah, 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 uh, you need to contact poison control and the hospital immediately. But then like everything else you read is like, like how long has it been since you ingested it? How long? And I'm like, I didn't. I didn't ingest it. I'm not drinking stain. I, I was breathing it in. So I go and they're like, "Yeah, no, you, it's they were not worried about the stain at all." Mm. So like that was good. I like that. They they Where'd were just to uh, graph.
0: Mm, okay. Mistake number one, but okay.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well no, they've done me wrong in the past, but uh, I don't know. The, the doctor came in. He's like, "Yeah, it's not the stain," <laughs> and um, I, my breathing was just messed up for the next week, and that was really hard because I, I had to stay away from uh, rehearsal. I had to not finish the set. Mm -hmm. so that was really hard on me mentally because like that's the stuff that I was supposed to do and that's the stuff that I want to do so that sucked a lot and I was off of work so everyone's like oh nice like you had a week off it's like yeah I had a week off but like I also couldn't breathe (laughs) so like it would be nicer to have that week off being able to breathe and like being (laughs) at the theater yeah and then now I'm back at work and we actually had to push this podcast back and make this podcast episode two parts because i 'm back to the old grind and they 're working <laughs> me like a like a mule again, oh, so i 'm sure it 's all cyclical and then i 'll be dead next week so <laughs>
0: <laughs> when does it end at work?
1: uh when I quit, <laughs> 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 which is hopefully uh in the near future, but we have to see how that how that turns out <laughs> it 's just it 's been a lot, so like I was very upset that I I missed both episodes. The first one not as much because I'm like, I honestly just want to go home and collapse. <laughs> um, and I don't want okay. you to wait to to have to record it.
0: No, I had a I had a good time with uh, Mustafa and Ryan. Yeah, I like I was I was very comfortable with them, and I liked having. <laughs> I don't mean this in this way. I just I don't know how to word it. Like being able to direct. What we're talking about?
1: Sing- Not having singular- me here. No, no,
0: singularly without like anticipating what you're going to say next. I could just be like, okay, I know what I'm going to say next.
1: So just do that.
0: I do. I'm just okay. Oh, I also just bounce off of you sometimes. It's like the only because I'm is- big.
1: Because <laughs> I'm around, you're yeah. bouncing off me like I'm some kind of bouncy no, castle. No, it's more so
0: just like I'm good when I know the people. It's just a little harder when I don't know who
1: who we're talking to right so that's when i try to help out and like not i don't want you to feel awkward like oh wow i don't know this person
0: i don't ever feel awkward it's more like damn i wish i had more to say yeah so i i'm glad i had that air time to talk more
1: i'm glad you're airing <laughs> this now that you can't stand when i'm present
0: That's not what I because said. i hog
1: the microphone i
0: actually text this to mustafa so i could read you i'd have to find it it wasn't a thing. It was. It wasn't anything bad. It was just like I'm glad I talked I like had the opportunity to talk more, or, or just like
1: because I'm <laughs> a, I'm I'm a complete microphone hog. No,
0: no, you're not a hog at all. It was just like I knew who I was talking to, and I knew that Mustafa and Ryan were comfortable with each other. So I knew I was set already to have like a comfortable uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was already just more. <laughs>
1: Next episode, I'm I'll, not
0: helping myself. The
1: next episode, I'll be in the room, but you take the lead. No. You talk.
0: Okay, you guys know what I'm saying. Mm. I, I, I like
1: absolutely. I don't
0: want to always be alone. It was just nice to, it was nice to have an opportunity because you've had what two or three? Because I've been
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the beginning. There were a couple episodes when I wasn't here, so and, I was like, oh, it was nice to get a chance to see what that's like.
1: Yeah. And then when you came back after the episode, we could pull it up right now if we wanted to. I say, oh, Alex, I missed you a lot. I wish you were here.
0: I did say that. In and you're the like, last... oh, I
1: guess I missed you. In... Oh, no, I no. really loved having my own airtime. Yeah. I mean, there is Okay, not no. A... At the
0: end of the last episode, I said, or no, the beginning of the last episode, I said, I really miss you. I hope you come back next time,
1: next episode. Yeah, but you thought I was going to die then. So like that, <laughs> well, that was those emotions kicking in. <laughs> Everyone was unsure of my fate. Um, I was teetering. <laughs> I didn't know where what was going to end up there. Hmm. And uh, here I am. I'm back. And uh, I'm sorry to rain on your parade.
0: You're...
1: That one's I'm on me. I'm gonna look
0: this up and see what I said exactly.
1: That one's my it fault. It
0: was good. I was just like, oh, I liked. I don't know Cause you like they... being the star, no, right? No, it's and not and that. I <laughs> no, it's not that. I think sometimes people think. Well, I think Jenna – I'm going to call it Jenna because I think she said this. Maybe she didn't. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, you talk a lot or you – like, she said you do the talking and I just – I'm too quiet or whatever she said. Yeah,
1: she did say that.
0: Like, you talk too much and I don't talk enough. That's what she was
1: saying. Right, which is – yeah, but also – like, you're on this podcast to fill the holes that I <laughs> miss. Like, that's why I asked you to be on yeah, because the I don't podcast know that was my idea. That you know. right. right. So
0: I'm inherently not going to be able to comment on as
1: many things. Right. But you asked the questions that, like, okay, if I'm listening at home, what would I ask if I don't know these people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm great with that. I, Absolutely. I'm just. So it was a nice, like, shift to be like, oh, this is cool. I can do yeah. this on my own. Like, it was. It was nice for me because I was always wondering when that episode was going to happen where I would have to do it alone and
1: I didn't think it was going to happen.
0: It was I didn't think so either. And
1: not because I didn't trust you but because like I genuinely like doing this and I I would like to continue to do it.
0: I didn't think you would ever miss within the first year at least. Yeah. So but I knew there would come a time and I think the anticipation of that coming was like, okay, can I do this? And the fact that I did it makes me feel good. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> you you do you. I am along for the ride. This is the Alex show, and I'm 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 here. I'm, I will I'm part say
0: two. I do feel like you're a slightly harsh critic for certain things though.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> You have to hold something to a standard. Yeah. Do you not?
0: No, I do. Yeah. I
1: just because I I get that critique a lot in my life, and I will uh, I will gladly speak to that because <laughs> I know what I like.
0: But I know what I like too, and yeah. I feel like I'm more like people wouldn't think of me as a harsh critic. No. But internally, I'm. Criticize, yeah, because
1: you don't share it. And criticism's not always a bad thing. We were just talking about this before we went on air. Criticism's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, no, it it's supposed to help you improve.
1: But there comes a point when it's like, this is our podcast. So if I had an episode when you were gone that you didn't like, I would hope you tell me.
0: Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, I. I trust you in that way, and I would think you'd do the same for me, and you have. I think we're talking about two different
1: episodes,
0: <laughs> but
1: it's okay. Oh uh, No, I'm just talking about me being a critic in general.
0: Okay, we'll talk about the actual episode after, but...
1: Okay, yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying, like, we know what we like, and we started this podcast, and we have a certain thing that we like to do in our podcast. We have we have we have the beef. We know how we sound, we know what we do every week on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't like criticism from the outside on our podcast because it's our podcast. Like if we were making money and like, oh, this podcast is for the people. We count on our listeners. We need every single person to listen to this podcast. Then yes, please tell me what we're doing wrong or what we're doing right. But you and I agreed from the start we could have four listeners. We could have no listeners and we still want to just have an archive of of what we do. Mm-hmm. So that's and I, I'm honest about when I take criticism and I'm honest when I give criticism and uh, that's I, that's criticism I don't want to hear. Like, oh, maybe maybe you should do this in your episodes. It doesn't really interest me because we're doing what we like to do. We're having fun. It's our own thing. It's not for money. It's not for um popularity we're just doing it to keep our own yeah. thing so we're going to keep doing it our way
0: yeah i agree so that's i i, I appreciate i appreciate that I, you are able to you feel like you can be honest with me and i feel the same yeah because you don't get those sort of relationships a lot where you feel like you can be completely honest with a person and know that you're not actually hurting their feelings right like they're taking what you say and they're not taking it to heart they're like okay what you said I get and I will transfer that in the future
1: yeah yeah I also appreciate that we have that no I'm 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 speaking not towards you because I know what you mean when you say that I'm a harsh critic um, <laughs> but I get that from every single person in my life and I, I am a harsh critic because there should be some kind of standard that you hold the things that you like in your life to yeah Uh, Like every show I've done, I I criticize now more than I ever did. Like Sweeney Todd, there's a hundred things I would do different. Frankenstein, a hundred things I would do different. And people watch it like, oh, it's so good. Like that's great and that means a lot. And at the time, I also felt that. But now I'm a different person and I'd like to to do different things with the shows. So if you're not evolving and holding things to a standard of, of what they could be, Like none of those shows were were perfect and none of the shows I ever direct or that anyone ever directs will be perfect, but they should be held to a standard of what I want them to be because they're my shows. Mm -hmm. So that's always going to change. That's always going to evolve. And if you're not holding things to a standard, then everything that's okay is is fantastic and you lose meaning in what you actually like. So it's good to be a harsh critic. Like that's, I support people who have strong opinions.
0: Question. Did you believe I could do a good job on my own?
1: Yes. If I <laughs> truly didn't believe that you, you could carry a podcast, me. I would have been the first one. I would have figured out because it was just work. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll film it a day, whatever. I don't care. I'll come after work. I'll do whatever, and I'll, I'll be dead on on air. I'll I'll actually be dead. But uh,
0: well, because the second I one, I think we were gonna wait, and then you were like, no, just do it.
1: Yeah, I think the second one we talked about waiting, because I didn't want to miss two in a row. And then the doctors are like, you just like have to like not see people um because you have a bunch of stuff in your lungs and uh it's not good for other people to catch that. So I was <laughs> like, Great, yeah, that's that makes sense to me. Uh so I couldn't. I, I physically couldn't be here. But I and then if I didn't trust that you could do something <laughs> Um, I would have, I would have been like, let's just cancel this week. <laughs> yeah, like it would have been very obvious. And I would have
0: gotten the message.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you didn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Oh, well, I thought you were going to oh, say no. more. You're... I'm
0: glad you didn't cancel the episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um...
0: But also, I'm not as.
1: What's the word?
0: Not. It's not easygoing. It's like. I'm not a pushover, so, like, if I believe in myself, and I feel like if you had said that, I would have been like, I'm doing it.
1: (laughs) Well, then we would have had a conversation about it. (laughs) Yeah. but like,
0: I believe in myself enough to know that you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have said that.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm just...
0: All I'm saying is... (laughs) I don't know.
1: No, I... Yeah, no, I know. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, But I then... We would have had a conversation and everything would have came out and I would have been like, no, you can't do this because I don't think you can. <laughs> and that would have came out because because <laughs> that's important to to let people know these things. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I'm glad that <laughs> it went the opposite way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. Uh, we just had auditions for Treasure Island. And that's something I want to get out there, too. If people have, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm always this way, and I want people to know this. If people have questions about their audition process or about um, why they didn't get a character or before auditions even happen, if you're, look, I'm interested in this character, talk to me about it. It's my show. I'm directing the show, and I'm a I'm an easygoing person. Uh, I I wouldn't yell at somebody for being like, you know what? I'm really interested in this part. Could I read for this part? Like, I, I'd be an idiot to yell at you. Like, of course you're interested in a part. That's why you're auditioning for the show. Like, I understand that. I I think people think it's like like a surprise that 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 they're interested in a main character. Everybody wants to be a main character. Everybody wants to be. Um, uh, 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 Dracula uh, Frankenstein
0: I like the underdogs or like the supportive characters I feel yeah. like a lot of like those have you could have like great actors in those roles and they may, people may not look at them in the same way that they look at a main character but really that character is even cooler
1: absolutely I, I agree with that and that's big picture stuff but when you're sitting there at auditions and you're like, well, why can't I be main character A? Why can't I be? And then somebody starts reading it, and you're like, oh, that'd be cool to read. And then, like, acting's ego. Like, like everyone kind of dances around it and pretends it's not. Acting is ego. You're not acting for yourself. You're acting to get a reaction from everyone else, and that's fantastic. You want people to like you. You want people to feel a certain way about you. That's, and that's what it is. So you're always like, I would love to get the most ovation from a crowd. At the end of the show, you come out, you get the last single bow, and the whole place erupts, and and they're all clapping for you. That everybody wants that. Every actor wants that, and they'd be a liar to say no.
0: Yeah, and i I was actually thinking about this the other day. What like the exact same thing? Where I'm yeah. like, actors are very egotistical. We all know this. Yeah. But it it baffles me that we are egotistical because. The point of acting isn't for you as the actor; it's for the audience. It's to, and it's for you to tell the story of someone else. Yeah, it's not your story; it's whatever character you're playing, their story, and you're you're just like the vessel getting that story out into the masses, right? And so I feel like that's a very. Um, <sighs> What's the word? Selfless act, right? But <laughs> it's like this paradox of it's a selfless act, but as an actor, you want those accolades. So it's, in fact, egotistical, ego-centered.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. And and that's fine. I feel like there's there's nothing wrong with that. But knowing that is, I think, important. And like, let's not dance around and pretend it's yeah, so not it's, what aware. it is. Yeah. And it's fine. So I, I, I'm fine with, with talking to, to people about all that stuff, and that's great. But then you look at all the examples of, like, the side characters stealing the show and how important these other characters are. There's no story that's just – no successful story. That's just about one person. There's always other people that make the story ten times better than what it is. And then that's when, like, you step back from yourself. You're like, this is a team thing. This isn't about me. And I'm gonna put on a phenomenal performance for the team, and that's when when whether you figure that out as an actor or not, I would way rather have I would way rather work with somebody who who is team oriented There are guys uh like Ryan and Ben who have never once complained about a part. they're just like, "I'm here, I'm gonna kick butt in this part my dad my dad is in my dad and Chris Fire are two pirates at the beginning of the show they both have a few scenes they're not the main characters and not the main parts and i'm going to tell the cast at read through you guys need to match the energy and the the characters that they're gonna bring you can't let these guys over overtake you from the jump so like all like the side character parts I, I i believe are where, where it's at for sure but like in the beginning everyone is like well main mm-hmm. character because you want you want the attention you want the applause of course you do like and i feel like that goes beyond actors that's just like human nature like everyone oh, yeah. wants to be a superhero everyone wants to be uh recognized and that's that's great but like accept it and and know it and have a conversation i would love to have a conversation i i'll sit there all night and talk about character development where you want to take your character um now that you have the character but i i, I would also love to to talk to you about why you're right or not right for a character before we do it. Like, I, I'm open to have all these conversations. So, just everyone keep that in mind for next auditions. Like, i w I'd A okay with having hard conversations with people about maybe you're not the best fit for this role, but you're good for this one, or um, why or like how your audition went. I'm A okay with doing all that.
0: Yeah, and there's so many other factors that go into auditions other than just like your specifically with this theater, just your reading, your cold read. Like, yes, your cold read obviously is important, but then it's, I don't know, do you fit the physical traits of the character? Do you interact with um, other actors well? Like, how do you play off other actors? And just, like, I don't know, do you fit that character well? There's just so many other...
1: There's so many things that go into it. And this one was especially a hard uh, two nights of auditions because we're looking for pirates. And pirates are are a certain fabric. Like they have to be a certain kind of of makeup, a certain kind of person. You have to be able to act like a pirate. You're going to have to lose yourself and become this whole other person, whether you're a captain or uh, just somebody on the ship running around causing havoc. You're going to have to drop who you are and become a pirate and is that believable these are all questions that go up into it and and um i'm very happy with the cast set i ended up with i'm I'm very uh thankful for everyone that that came out and everyone that read and and uh took a chance on on me and i'm in return taking a chance on on all of them <laughs> what
0: yeah, no. <laughs> I think you have a
1: well-rounded cast. I agree. I'm I'm very excited. It um yeah, it's going to be a lot, but I'm very very excited to get started. And I was talking um this kind of rounds back a little bit. I was talking to Tracy about ego cuz um I'm I'm known to have an ego and I feel like I I don't. Like I don't know. I like what you said before um I'm going to bet on myself a hundred times out of a hundred. Like if there's one person on the planet that I'm going to bet on, it's going to be me because I know (laughs) what I'm capable of. I know what I can do and I know what I can't do more importantly than anything else. I know what I cannot do. And that's my dad taught me that that's shout out to my dad life lesson. (laughs) But knowing the things that you, things that you can't do are, are more important than what you can do. You have to know your limits and, so I feel like you can mistake that for, for ego, but it's not. If I was in it for ego, I would still be acting. I stand at the door <laughs> with the ushers after a play that I directed after months and months of work and and pain putting on a production. I'll stand at the door and people will say, Good night, or they'll be like, Oh, Al Don did it again. They're like, oh what a what a great play by Don. Or, or they'll just be like, "Oh, like good night." Like they, they don't, know it was they you. don't know it's me. Some of them don't even know that I, I direct. Yeah. So, like, definitely not in it for the ego, because that is a very humbling experience standing at the door, <laughs> after sweating and and <laughs> tearing and bleeding, uh, and and everyone's just like, "Yeah, no." I I don't know who you are. <laughs> and that's that's fine for me because there's nothing better than watching something that you created happen in front of you. It's for me. So I guess in that way it is ego. Like I I'm I enjoy the shows that I direct I because be- I'm directing them. Yeah,
0: I everyone has an ego, but I I definitely don't would not call you egotistical. Like Thank that you. would not be a trait that I
1: put with you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I You're try welcome. not to be. I try not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Auditions. Yeah, back to auditions. Uh, Well, beef. Do you want to do beef?
0: I don't know. We were just talking about auditions. Why not continue?
1: Well, my beef is connected to (laughs) auditions. Okay, okay. Let's go. And it's actually not beef. I'm I'm turning my beef in for a moment of gratitude again. Okay,
0: so how about we just – Do beef later, and you do this, or you don't have beef at all. I don't.
1: No, this. I'm turning in my beef card for for a gratitude card.
0: Well, then we got. Why don't we just skip the beef? Then I'm not going to be the only
1: one with beef. Oh, we can come back to your beef. I didn't know if you had beef or not, but like I, I've done this before. (laughs) I, I had a a very, um, again, humbling experience. I. So we did the Christmas concert. We had. I was dead. I, I couldn't breathe um lying down on the couch for days in pain. And then we had the show. So it was it was that to show to the Christmas concert on Sunday. Um Carla came in, shout out Carla. Uh so I, I literally had to leave the show Friday night, pick Carla up in Rochester where she flew into um and then Sunday I came to the show first, just like say hi to everyone, make sure everything was good in the booth. Uh, drove to Rochester. She got on the plane, left, um, which is always tough. Like mm-hmm. It's never something you want to to be a part of. Uh, and drove back, and then the Christmas concert was like right away. So it's been a week. And the show's fantastic, by the way. We'll get on to the show. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. There's so much I have to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Um, I forgot where I was going. Oh, the Christmas concert. Okay. So it's like all this stuff is happening, and my mind is in like 10 million different places. We're literally in the middle of Christmas Rose right now. And uh, it's Monday. It's 540. I'm still at work. Of course I'm at work. I have to leave early Monday and Tuesday to come to auditions. And I'm like, I didn't print forms. There are no audition Mm -hmm. forms. We have no audition forms for for any person who wants to come out and audition for the show. Cancel it. Close the show down. Close the building. We're done. Uh, so I, I text Tracy, who is a a true godsend <laughs> and uh, maybe an angel in our our midst. She, I was like, is there a way to do an online form, and is there a way to do it in like twenty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yes, I'll do it right now. Wow. And she made an online form. She made a QR code. I could have cried. I'm so, – <laughs> like everything was just like coming to this moment. I'm like, wait. No for- – there's nothing. There's no forms. What do you do when there's no forms? Like genuinely something so – that seems so small and insignificant. I'm not going to know these people's names. I'm not going to know their availability. And, and she did it and she whipped it up in like 10 minutes and saved the whole show. So, I mean, I – it would – stupid for me to come on here and beef about anything (laughs) when um my butt was just saved
0: yeah i i just think like where does she have the time when i feel like she's always there and ready
1: she is (laughs) she's she is truly just a phenomenal human being and i was like i was floored (laughs) floored i'm like you don't have like this isn't your job? Yeah, like you don't have that to there
0: do was this. A QR code,
1: I, and and dates were on there. People could put their dates. They could put. I I was thinking like, okay, just name and dates. I'm like, uh, that's fine. I'll figure everything else out. We just need something for them to 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 fill out like that. She had every question from an old forum on there. And so I'm just like, I I <laughs> Why can't complain. Even necessary? Why am I here? <laughs> She she is, is awesome, and, yeah, and I really appreciate that. shout out
0: to you, Tracy, also for the water bottles.
1: Also for the water bottles. The water bottles are amazing. I love mm-hmm. those. And the stickers. I love all yeah, that. Yeah, the stickers. See, she's just like <laughs> – like she's whipping this up while she's making my forms that I forgot that it's literally my job to do. Um, while she has she a also... full-time job and is a mother –
0: yeah, we're we were talking about this in the booth the other day. She also posts every day like so early in the morning. Yeah. I'll get to work at 7 and there will already be a post. Yeah. I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "It's like the first thing I do when I get up in the morning." So that's just great.
1: Yeah. She's fantastic. So I can't I can't beef about anything cuz okay. The Tracy effect. <laughs>
0: the Tracy.
1: Effect. That's that's the new the new slang. <laughs> All right, what about you?
0: All right. Um so I went to see Hunger Games the other day, and this has nothing to do with Hunger Games, but when after you see a movie, whether it's at the theater or at home, whoever you're seeing it with, it bothers me <laughs> when... You just saw this two-and-a-half-hour movie, yes. and then you, like, walk to the car and don't say anything, and you get in the car and, like, <laughs> don't talk about the movie. Like, I want to talk about the movie afterwards. Yeah. And, I like, obviously, if I want to talk about it, I can start the conversation. But, like, I feel like—I'll <laughs> just call him out. I feel like Mustafa does this all the time. We're like, we'll go see a movie <laughs> And then we'll just like walk out as if we didn't see one and I'm like, "Don't you want to talk about it?" Yeah. Don't you want to I want to know what you thought.
1: Yeah. I Oh no, are you so No, 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 no. <laughs> I I I want to talk about it after every movie, but I've gotten this reputation again being like hypercritical of everything. <laughs> so people will be like, "Well, what did you think?" Like, I'm sure you didn't like it. And I was just like, it no. was good and not talk about it. It's <laughs> so like, I will hold everything in just to be petty enough to be like, I, I don't like when people like wait, like, oh, I want to know what he thinks about this. It's just cause like, I'm sure he didn't like it. Hmm. I'm like, okay, if I didn't like it, I will tell you every reason why I didn't like it first off. And second, just watch the movie and, and you craft your own opinion on it and, and you have your opinion and that's fantastic. I'm going to have mine. And I would love to share it after the movie's over, but don't ask me in a sarcastic like, "Oh, well, what did you think?" Yeah, like that drives me up a wall. Hmm. But like when God. when when your pulse is like too normal human, like I know like, I, you I understand just that's not normal. Want to know? What yeah. You
0: think.
1: Yes. Uh. And and yeah. Then I always talk about it. yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. Like, it's not that he doesn't like talking about it. He does, but I think I feel like I'm always the one to bring it up. Like, hey, what you think? Yeah. I I want to know, but I also am the kind of person that. I like to sit with what I just saw okay, and digest it. So, like, maybe he's like that. Yeah. But I at least want to know your initial reaction. Like, did you like it? Right. Did you hate it? Right. I, I also am the kind of person... Um, I like sitting there after the credits start to roll and just, like, take it all in. Okay. Like, I... I don't have to stay till the end of the credits. Right. But like I'm going to stay a little bit afterwards and he doesn't and okay. and he's always like up and ready to go and I'm like I I want to sit right here for the next 2 minutes. I don't know it, it happens with like really good movie, like movies that really move me and I'm like I just want to listen to the music that's playing and like sit with it.
1: Yeah, it depends on the on the film, I feel. Yeah. Um Carla and I, for a year straight, went to a movie a month, and sometimes like two movies a month. But we made sure every month we we went to the theaters. And <laughs> it's funny because I feel like we would wait to get into the car, like like <laughs> like it was a play or something, like 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 the actors are going to be there and and hear us talking about it. And we would just either go to town on it. We didn't see many good <laughs> movies that year. Um until the end, I think it was 2019. So like the end of 2019 had like just jam packed of really good movies, but the first part was just a oh, bad. And so like we would just go to town on these movies in the car, and like those are some of my favorite moments <laughs> of my life. Like talking about movies afterwards with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely talk about movies afterwards for sure. Okay. I look forward good to, to know. it. I definitely look forward to it. Like the Whitney Houston movie. We saw the Whitney Houston movie in uh, December of last year, it must have been. And, uh, I mean, we started talking about it right in the theater. That's a great movie, if you haven't seen it.
0: I haven't.
1: Fantastic. And I don't know the woman playing Whitney. and that, It could just be that I'm ignorant and, and don't know her. Or, I don't know. Um,
0: Do you recognize her? No. You just no. Know
1: no i i had no idea who she was i heard she sang some of the things not all of them obviously because it's whitney houston's voice like how do you do that uh and she was phenomenal from start to finish and it's it's great when when you see something like that and it's like oh this isn't the most known actress on planet earth like that's what i really enjoy like give somebody else a shot
0: yeah was it the i want to dance with somebody whitney houston in like 2022 yes was it that recent? Yeah, because the other ones are older. Yeah,
1: though. last December.
0: Uh, Naomi Aki.
1: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know the name, and she was, she was unbelievable. She was really, really good. So like, I love that. Like, let's not cast the
0: same, the same
1: character. people. Like Dwayne Johnson is every strongman in every movie. Like, okay, let's. There's eight billion people in this world. You can't find yeah, someone else. Right. There's somebody else and someone who could probably act better than Dwayne. <laughs> i like i like the rock though like don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but like come on yeah let's shake it up chris pratt as every voiceover of all time i
0: don't like chris pratt i I shouldn't say that but i it's not that i don't like him he's just like all right
1: i yeah i don't think he's anything special yeah and and i'm finding more and more that people don't like him
0: oh i feel like it's the opposite
1: I feel like everybody loved him at a point and then now, like, every time I bring him up, everyone's like, – at least half the people in the room are like, yeah, I don't like him. Mm. And I feel like the other half are like, I don't care. I don't have an opinion. Uh, I love the Mario movie, but, like, he didn't need to be Mario. That was unnecessary. Yeah, like,
0: his voice isn't anything special where – Right. Why does he get to be in all these animated movies? Right. I don't know. For Is he name? really that good and we no. just don't know?
1: No. it's just a name. It's a draw. It's like Disney's famous for that. Like, let's just get these these either handsome hunks that everybody knows, and and just <laughs> keep putting them out there. They're okay at acting. Is he
0: handsome though?
1: I feel like it's a thing that Chris Pratt is handsome, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't oh, necessarily yeah, think he is. definitely find
0: him handsome, but I, definitely not.
1: Yeah, I'm not. One I'm one of not those. He's no. not
0: bad looking, but, you know, he's not he's just like, average. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe that's his appeal. He appeals to the masses because he's average. he's not some like Brad Pitt Brad Pitt's though, like- my guy <laughs>
1: Brad Pitt is absolutely my guy, yeah, I was saying like there's always something to to chase before this like there's always something that you can chase, and I feel like every male on planet Earth is chasing Brad Pitt. he's it, and you know who's right there with him, maybe maybe above him, maybe. Johnny Depp. John Depp.
0: I like Johnny Depp. But you know what? I just love him. I've never, I'm just not this type of person. Like, I don't find those Hollywood, (laughs) I don't know, Hollywood stars, like, that attractive. Like, I don't look at Brad Pitt and I'm like, oh, you're so handsome.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't do that with, with, like, (laughs) the female counterparts. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't find myself doing that because it's like you're a person, um, and I don't know you. So, like, I feel like it, it's hard to be that attracted and like that obsessed with somebody that you don't even know. Yeah, I think that's always weird. But, like, yeah, you can. Oh, this person's very beautiful. This person's very handsome. Like, yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt.
0: <laughs> but see, like, if
1: I could look like Brad Pitt, that okay? If I'm sitting across <laughs> from you, looking like Brad Pitt right now. I guarantee you're not going to be like, oh, this guy's not handsome. you are going to be like,
0: oh, okay, like, yeah, it's good Pitt looking, looking like sure, over here. but Ooh. like, I don't know. He's not my number one. Like, he really isn't that good looking where I feel like he could, he's just not the like, it's, it's most a handsome mix. man in the world.
1: It's a mix of everything. He's he's handsome. He's charming. He's got.
0: Is he charming?
1: Oh, he charmed the shoes right off me. Yes.
0: I feel like there's been some controversy. In,
1: no, he's in a char- He's a charmer. He's a charmer. You could tell in interviews. Just the way he's looking. Yeah, he's a charmer. No, Not even.
0: That's that media training.
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe he's a, a terror behind closed doors. Um, You know who's not, though? No, I'm not. I don't, don't want to go there. I was going to say, you know who's not, though? Johnny Depp.
0: Oh. Yeah. After his
1: proven from the court case.
0: It is. It is proven. I watched no, that whole thing.
1: No shout-out to Amber Heard. <laughs> we, at work, played the Pirates of the Caribbean song uh, we, I think we put on like an eight hour loop and our boss let us play it for like 40 minutes. We were, we <laughs> okay. were hyped though. Like Johnny Depp's the guy.
0: Yeah. No, oh, I like him.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. What were we talking about before? We're like theater related. This is auditions. It's a theater podcast, man. Brad Pitt is not at the sorry night theater. I know I resemble him greatly. I know there's been some confusion. <laughs> um, Mr. Pitt, Mr. Pitt, please sign this. <laughs> uh, it's not me. It's it's uh, I'm not Brad. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not Brad. Um,
0: no one said you were.
1: Uh, every every now and again, every <laughs> now and again, I get I get the the Brad Pitt, the uh, Hey Michael B. Jordan, can you please sign this for me? The, the Post Malone. That's not me. I'm not Michael B. Jordan. I'm not Brad Pitt. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay theater um <laughs> yeah uh, oh the show okay auditions auditions went well uh very excited we're gonna talk a whole lot about treasure island and the struggles that i'm gonna have with that i'm honestly like i was talking with carla uh when i was posting the cast list last night and i was like i'm like she could tell that i was i was off and i'm like i'm 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 literally at the bottom of Mount Everest, and and this show is going to be so much work. Like by the end of this, I'm going to need the 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 butterfly and Lottie and Bernice break. Mm. Like I'm going to be burnt to a crisp. <laughs> uh, but
0: you already were. So
1: I know, I know, and and this show is going to take a lot out of me and every person in it. I mean, I have big plans for everything, so. Yeah, it's daunting, and we're going to talk a whole lot about that from now until uh, it opens in February. So um, plenty of time for that. But what I do want to talk about right now, and I would actually love to have my dad on at some point to talk about Christmas Rose because this show is unbelievable and deserves to be talked about. I I, I was at read-through. Uh, we talked about this read-through. I've never been at a read-through like that that had the kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. there's just a a, a a feeling in the air and uh you see why every I mean, night people cried people were crying at oh. read through people <laughs> cry every night yeah. at the show i mean there's not a dry eye
0: you know what's funny is uh so i've been doing sound obviously and i've seen it what like six times now yeah. all the way through and it. i don't know why but like it didn't make me cry like and i kind of <laughs> felt bad i'm just like sometimes you just don't cry at things but it doesn't mean you don't feel it yeah right um but last sunday i believe that was the day the ending just got me and i was like i've seen this 6 times and this is the first time i'm crying yeah and like so that's just showing the power that it has like even though i've seen it so many times something about that specific run through got me yeah and i i started tearing up and then i really was gonna cry like have tears coming down my face but i was like no you have to hold it together because you have to see the song on the computer screen that you're playing <laughs> right <next."> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i every time i see there's a couple scenes in it every time i see these scenes it's like i, I you feel it inside of you still and and um I'm props to my dad for just for for writing that i mean I don't I don't know how you can write that like make everybody universally feel something at once is crazy because we have all we all have so many different experiences and the performances in this are fantastic. I mean this is a director's dream. When you there's not one weak link in the entire cast. There's not one. Like so ah uh, Maybe don't want to say this. I was gonna say there, like you can look back at like every cast. Like, okay, maybe this wasn't the strongest performance from this person. Not necessarily that they're a bad actor. Maybe they just didn't fit the role completely. This, uh, there is not a single soul that is misput in this in this cast. Every performance is so strong. The chemistry is unbelievable, and like it's the different pairings too. Like. Like you have Ben and Elena who who have their stuff together for for a good chunk of it. Great chemistry there. But then Elena goes and has this scene with, with my dad. And that's one of my favorite scenes from the whole play. Their chemistry is phenomenal. And and the fact that these people – like Taylor hasn't been part of uh, the theater in, in a while. Like she she's, hasn't done shows for a while. And you forget how powerful of an actor she is and how mm-hmm. – Fantastic! She... I
0: think she's just gotten better since the last. Absolutely, because I think the last thing I I worked with her in was a night of dark and maybe that's not true. The lodger. No, well, it was the lodger, but like directly. Yes. It was a night of dark intent, and, and obviously, like she went to school for theater, but you you can tell that obviously had an effect on her. She's gotten right. better.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 her performance in this is just. Fantastic. Everybody I mean the the growth that we've seen in people. Um like Callum keeps getting better every show he's in. Shout oh. out Callum. Shout out Callum, yeah. He's just he, he's a hundred percent in everything and he's working his butt off. And that is like I'll work at that person ten times out of ten. Um
0: and that was even the thing about auditions for Treasure Island is um I, I asked you if I could sit in on them so I could observe and when we talk about it on the podcast, but um Getting like seeing Calum on stage, I have seen him progress since the very first time I saw him in anything, and it it is just like when you sit there and you are like, wow, he is getting better, or like whoever you are looking at, it's like they are getting better. It's such a it's a warming feeling of like that's what you want. Yeah, you want everyone to do better. Like no one's sitting there wanting you to do bad. Right. The director is, like, hoping that you do well. And, like, there's nothing better than seeing someone get better at their craft.
1: Yeah. And as a director coming back from auditions being like, I have options. Mm-hmm. I could have seven different captains right now if I wanted to. Like, that's the dream. That's that's what you want. And um, I was just go- going back to Callum. It was so cool seeing him read for this because I was there for his, his first audition, and it was it was a good audition. Like, and, and it was just it, it he got lucky because it was a good time to audition. Like, it, it wasn't like you're playing an, an insane character. He auditioned for uh, Jeremy and All Through the Night, which is a, a, a real person. It's it's a real person. You're playing mm-hmm. a normal human being, which you have plenty of practice seeing throughout your life, and each part he's getting better he's getting he's he's getting better at auditioning
0: and it's just getting more comfortable and he's getting
1: more comfortable he's getting more confident and then this is different from anything he's ever done because it's it's a pirate and a pirate's not a normal person they're gross they're they're gruff they're big and he gets up and and has a different character he's a different person which is like that was so cool for me to see, like just as his friend, like removing myself from the director position. It's like, you're not here because you're my friend. You're not here to just hang out. You're here because you actually care and you're putting a hundred percent of yourself into this. And so he read very well and he got a part that is so different from anything he's played. So different. He's mean. He's, he's gross. He's grotesque. And he, earned that opportunity by working his butt off and I mean he has a natural talent you have to have a natural talent he has a natural talent for it and it's just it's so great to see that progression like I, I'm as yeah, as we his friend even... and as a director it's great to see
0: yeah we were saying earlier even just from Spiral to now yeah which Spiral was just yesterday So right. <laughs> like I and also uh, him and I were talking about we were telling Mustafa his audition story for here we sit um sorry i'm blowing your cover but
1: i think he talked about this did i no i think he did on our on our pod episode oh did he yeah
0: where he, oh yeah cuz he was saying um he thought he was reading it a different way yeah there was a monologue that he thought was supposed to go a different way and uh, i guess it wasn't supposed to go that way i genuinely agreed with him i thought it was supposed to be read the way that he was at least reading it um and, but to like know that, like he has said that he messed up. He was like, "Yeah, I messed that up." But to like go from that and that can be embarrassing because you're auditioning in front of people. So to go from that, and then to where he is now, you can tell he didn't let that one audition get him down. Right. So he he took that and like whatever critique he had or you had. And ran with it,
1: but then like you could tell, uh, I like as from a director's standpoint, it was when he did that. It's like, yeah, this isn't the way it's meant to be read. But the fact that he got up and was as new as he was, because what he only he did he did all through the night. Frankenstein. Was that it? That might be it. Maybe not. I could be wrong. I don't know. But
0: well, he was. Oh yeah, you said all through the night.
1: Yeah, so I think I think he maybe just did two shows before that, and and to get up there and make a choice like that (laughs) is huge. Like like that that's getting beyond yourself and like oh I'm just I'm Callum standing up here reading this part. It's he's reading a normal human like that's a normal human auditioning for a part, and the fact that he got up there and and made a clear decision, it was massive. So like that. Yeah, stood over that, any that any so choice that it was
0: because i like i would not have read it the way he i agree in the way that he like where he was going but the exact way that he read it i wouldn't have made that decision to do that one i may have been too nervous to be like i'm not reading it like that they're gonna think i'm right like crazy but, like he chose to do that in that split second of being asked to go up and read that character yeah. like it's not like he had this character beforehand and was no. and had time to prepare like that's what he came up with on the spot so kudos to you
1: yeah shout out to Callum all <laughs> over the place i mean you're just you're getting all sorts of love um yeah so that that's great i love i love seeing that progression um and it's it's on display in and Christmas rose ever I, Every performance is is fantastic um i I can't say enough about it and i I would love to talk with my dad and kind of like break it down uh it's yeah, fantastic now,
0: af- now we could talk about it after
1: right um yeah i I would love to do that put next i don't know what we'll to figure out what we'll to talk off air about about that mm-hmm. um but I would love to have him on and, and talk about that even if it Takes over a Treasure Island episode that's a okay with me because Christmas Rose deserves to be talked about and deserves to be seen. If you haven't seen it, you have uh, four more chances Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Dates don't matter because you might listen to this like five weeks from now. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) if you're listening to it when it comes out, just go see it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's that's what I have for for Christmas rose. I would I I could talk two more hours about that and just how fantastic it is, but I don't want to give anything away. So go see it. Yeah, we'll have to wait
0: until <laughs> yep. it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And anything else? I'm trying to think. I don't think so.
1: This is only part one. I and think we're...
0: we maxed it out. Though so, well, it's almost ten o'clock.
1: I know, I know. We're, <laughs> we're 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 at an hour. I was just saying, this is this is part one. Oh, I,
0: only part one. Yeah, yeah. How long was part two? Uh,
1: I think part two was just a little under an hour. Oh, okay. So we're producing a two-hour episode still in two parts. Um, I I feel like I could keep talking. I I I've been cooped up talking. inside.
0: You can keep talking.
1: No, that's all right. I I'll I'll save it. I'll save the energy. Uh, I think it rejuvenated my love for that's, the podcast.
0: I, I also see a slight difference. But that, that comes with taking a break. Right. And maybe that's something like in the after this year we talk about. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take a year break or anything. No,
0: I didn't mean that. Okay. I meant right, like right, right, right. this year we planned on doing an episode every week. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we do one every other.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to reach 54 episodes, though, so just so that I can say I recorded a year's worth of episodes. You
0: mean 52?
1: Yeah, but I missed two, so I have to get to number 54. Oh. Just for me. Oh, my,
0: oh my God.
1: I, I, I didn't <laughs> even
0: think of that. Now you make me feel like I have to do... So there's got to be...
1: I think you only missed two episodes. Yeah, so two... So we, we're We just we're have even. to do two
0: more, and then two more on top of our year.
1: Yeah. Next one to miss an episode smells. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Uh yeah, I don't plan on missing any more. wood? We We're always knocking on wood in this thing. I'm not planning on it. I'm but, not
0: close enough.
1: Uh, it's all around you. It
0: is. Oh, there is some.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh let's hope neither of us miss any more episodes. I'm I'm excited, I'm rejuvenated. Until I move away. I'm yeah. Once you're gone, then I'll be the star. And I will have my own <laughs> podcast, and I'll enjoy every second of it and I won't miss you I'll you.
0: do it alone,
1: and I won't miss you even a little bit, <laughs> so okay, good. take that so uh, I, I would anyways. uh-huh I would like to do a a like top ten episode though I think that's something i'm um, I would like to do yeah, we can do that, yeah, we kind of did it with chris um but i i I, I don't know, I think there's something to it. And We can be our own Watch Mojo, and talk about like top ten uh, sets of all time. That's when we got to hit Mojo. on. Yeah. So plenty to come in the future. We're gonna get back on track though. We're gonna be recording Sundays again. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like it's been a while. Well, no, last time was Sunday, but before that,
1: yeah, like a normal episode that like we actually had planned and not like I Saturday know. night. Like uh, who's on? Who do we need? We've just been busy. Uh, we've been, we've been out of it, but we're back in, we're back on it (laughs) and we're close to 52 episodes in total. This is what? 47. Yeah. That's huge. We're almost there.
0: New year is coming.
1: Yeah. And we have to talk about episode 50 after this (laughs) boy. Oh man. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot to come.
0: (laughs) Good. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. I am also excited. So, Sponsor. yeah, if you want to hit the sponsorship.
0: This episode <laughs> brought to you by JDS Electrical, Inc., licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs.
1: For all your electrical needs. We actually have a project that we're working on, well, that JDS is working on in our building. So, um, excited for that. Thank you, JDS, for for fixing our lighting in the basement um we'll talk more about that once it's like more in motion yeah i feel like i i probably had more to talk about i I, i'm just going i'm not i'm not gonna keep going it's an hour it's gonna be a two-hour episode and we we have part two like so our
0: episodes are two hours
1: yeah but like we're at two hours like now so Mm. i would yeah
0: our voices will just be too much for them. Yeah, it's too uh, much. It's too much happening. I
1: I I wasn't here and I'm I have so much to to share and so much to uh to spill out. of energy. I know it. And after this I'm going to go home and just crash and then we'll go back to work tomorrow. So <laughs> I'd rather not do any of that. Um all right. Thanks for listening to part one. Part two, they're going to be combined. So it's going to be one episode for you guys. So like, none of that actually matters.
0: Yeah. But it's just so they know. Yeah.
1: Just so you know. Because
0: uh, it's, it's going to switch over. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how that's going to work. But um, maybe I'll, I'll, okay. I'll snap my fingers and then, like, we'll just be there. <laughs> Boom. All right. Alex did it.
0: Welcome back to the Starry Night Theater podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And today we are back to regular scheduled programming with DJ.
1: Yep, I'm back at it. This is part two of the episode that we just um, kind of started. And we have two very special guests with us. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
2: I am Carolyn Woomer.
1: And I'm her husband, Mark Woomer. Thank you guys so much for for coming on. This episode is very 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 important. Um we're going to talk a little bit about Jed and his background and um for the so the for the people who don't know Jed, give this episode a listen and, and you're going to find out why he's so important and why he's so special to everyone who's still there. Uh first, let's just get a little bit about both of your backgrounds in the theater and just life. Whoever wants to go first.
2: Uh well, uh theater. I guess you're not talking about the stuff I used to do in my backyard that was really horrendous. So after that, um, Mark and I actually were doing a show together in college. And during a rehearsal, when your hair's up in your ponytail and you got your sweats on, he decided to propose to me. So he actually proposed to me during our first show together. And, you know, then you get married and have kids and it kind of, you know, falls off. And then Amanda was very involved in theater and school and stuff. And at one point, um, she was like in middle school, and she came home from school and said that her chorus teacher said that um, the kids should go ask their little brothers and sisters if they wanted to audition for the show they were doing, which was The King and I. And Amanda came home and told Jed, and he was like, yes, I want to do it. I want to do it. And we looked at him and said, really? Like he was he would be nervous to walk into the boys club to play hockey or be in a big crowd. So he we just thought it would be a disaster. But anyway, he went. He had to sing a song by himself and he went up on stage by himself and sang happy birthday to you. Great choice. And um, obviously he was cast, and he was cast kind of as the lead little boy. It was still a fairly small part, but – and that really just ignited something in him. Um, He didn't have a lot of opportunities after that. He did do another show a little while after that, and um, it was – uh, of, of an adaption of Alice in Wonderland and the kids actually talked me into doing that with them and that was kind of like mm, the first thing I did since I was in um, college and then uh, so a few years later I saw an ad in I guess it was you know whatever the little paper is the town of Wanda News or whatever about auditions for It's a Wonderful Life And Mark did theater way more than me, Um, and uh, he went and auditioned and was cast. December 2005 was his first show, and then um, mine was January 2006.
1: Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Um, What... Were, what were you in, in the first It's Wonderful Life?
3: Uh, the, in the first uh, It's a Wonderful Life, I was cast as Harry Bailey. I had a total of eight lines, not <laughs> that I count them. <laughs> but I had a really hard time trying to memorize them. <laughs> uh,
1: but that's all I, I was, and I just fell in love with the place and kept bringing me back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And then you moved on. You graduated to, to George Bailey. What, the next time we did it?
3: No. The next time we did it, uh, someone else did George Bailey, and I was uh uncle Billy, okay, mm-hmm. so it was the the next time after that I finally got to to become uh, George George Bailey mm-hmm. all
1: right that time I remember a lot i don't even remember what year it was i don't remember, but I, I remember being part of it or watching it either way, watching rehearsals for for the whole thing and and watching that uh be pieced together. That was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um so was jed when did Jed start in there
2: I don't remember if he did crew for The Importance of Being Earnest. Did he? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he did Crew, but his first show that he performed in, I believe, was Joseph
0: in 2006.
2: Yeah. Um, And, I mean, obviously, that was like a a big playground for all you guys. Right. Um, And then, you know, after that, if there was ever the opportunity that there was kids in a show... You know, he was going to be there, yeah. So, but it didn't matter if he was in a show or not. You know, he was going to be there at crew, um, doing drama the clubs, drama club, um, you know, the, the classes, um, putting together fabulous carnivals that you guys put together <laughs>
1: right. and
2: whatnot. Um, so yeah, it didn't matter. You know, if he was in a show, great. If not, he was just happy to be there,
1: yeah. I, I remember. I I don't know that I really knew him during Joseph. I was so young. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember all the people that were there for that. It was absolutely insane Mm -hmm. Um, and like a nightmare to me now, like (laughs) if I ever had to deal with that. But I remember being at a crew and like, I never did anything. Obviously I was, I was too young.
2: (laughs) I don't think the kids did. No,
1: (laughs) no. And so Rose and I were walking around. I was really just her shadow back then. And we saw this new kid and we're like, All right, what's this now? What's happening on our (laughs) on our home turf? And he had the long hair, so I was like, "Okay, that's cool." I always I always liked long hair. That was always (laughs) I could never have it because I went to private school, but I always envied people that did have it. Making up for it now. I am definitely making up for it now. (laughs) And I just remember meeting him and just like how crazy it is to like have that moment of like, "Okay, who's this?" And to not realize where it was going to go eventually to every sleep over every chance mm-hmm. we could possibly get um
0: were you guys the same age
1: no 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 uh what was the, the age difference
2: well he would be 28
0: right now
1: and i'm 22 oh
0: so, so he, he was, was closer, closer to my, my age. age wow
1: yeah i didn't know that yes uh so he was always just like my big brother <laughs> no matter how annoying i was um he's he's stuck around which is like crazy cuz i couldn't imagine doing that mm-hmm. when when the age is like that close it's like okay you're you're more of an annoyance if if i was younger like mike mm-hmm. like i could see him and mike like like he was an older brother there but like, he loved mike i yeah.
2: mean you know and he was so close to rosie yes. you know it was all of the kids it was just you were just this big clump
3: yeah yeah i think it was fun because there were times where we'd be at the theater and on friday night and he would say, "I'm sleeping over at the Schwartz's house." And Sunday, we finally said, "Should we come and get him?"
2: And <laughs> I would the check the in between weekend. too.
1: He was there for the whole weekend, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we were hoping that you'd forget. <laughs> <laughs> all of us were like, "Maybe they'll just forget that you're here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd always check in, of course. And we're like, Oh shoot!" And uh, those would be like the best times ever. We'd be at the anniversary party or something, and we'd all like get in the back room and like huddle up, be like, "Okay." You ask your parents, and then we'll ask our parents, and then we'll see what happens. And it was usually always a yes, so Mm -hmm. I don't know why we were so worried.
2: Exactly. It's a a universal kid thing, though. (laughs) Right. You know?
1: Right. And those sleepovers were just the best time ever. Mm -hmm. I I know Rose has countless stories. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) She would try to sleep constantly, and um, Jed and I would watch. We always had our, our, our summer schedule of watching Robot Chicken For 30 minutes. And then Whose Line Is It Anyways, Mm -hmm. the second episode would be on right after that. And this would be 12 at night, so everyone in the house is sleeping. And we decide, like, that's the time to microwave egg rolls or something. Mm -hmm. And wake up the entire house with the smell, with the noise.
2: And I like how Rosie um, imitates his big fish feet, flapping on the (laughs) linoleum as he'd walk to and from the microwave.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. She tells that one a lot Mm -hmm. um but i i remember doing acting classes with him and it always just felt so cool because with with all the other kids there was always that like well we all know each other and we're older so like you're just kind of like rose's Rose's brother or or m's brother Mm -hmm. and jed like really like kind of included me into that and that like felt Mm -hmm. really good like i don't know i i always just looked up to him for that Mm -hmm. like just when you're a kid, you always just want to be part of everything. And he was very, very mm-hmm. good at, at making me feel like and I think was.
3: That was one of the cool things about Jed was that Jed could make everybody and mm-hmm. anybody feel like they were part of the group. Absolutely. that he didn't, he didn't shun anybody away or anything like that. Yeah. That was
2: his specialty. Even before Jed got sick, I had numerous parents come up to me when we would be at sporting events or whatever that Jed was involved in and say things along the lines of, um, you know my son isn 't really you know one of the kids that gets included a lot, but Jed always made sure that he reached out and um, you know had the other kids you know kind of accept i don 't want to use somebody 's name but um, you know a few times um, different parents approached me saying things like that and I think that was his specialty in life really was just always being a connector yeah um, being a connector and making people feel welcome and comfortable and he always stuck up for the underdog. If he ever saw somebody kind of being left out or whatever, he was the first person to go and make them feel not awkward, welcome. You know, he struggled a little bit, like I was saying before, um, you know, when Amanda was in middle school and came home and said, let, you know, audition for this musical and when he said he wanted to, we were like, oh, how's this going to work? Because he was so quiet, so shy, so to himself. Right. And I think he remembered those days when he was little and struggled. And I think that's what gave him that kind of empathetic heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's – I. it was always – he was always so warm and always just – and and not like, like he was like perfect or, or no, an angel all the time. But like <laughs> – it was so fun to just laugh mm-hmm. with him and, and we could laugh about anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know my dad would definitely not appreciate that during rehearsals when somebody would mess up or something stupid would happen on stage and we're all dying laughing mm-hmm. or we'd miss our cues cause we're in the back playing. Mm-hmm. We would set up like, um, different like hoops and stuff and, and throw balls and break whatever we could get our hands on. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> um, so when, what was his his first big role? I remember him in like Christmas Carol, um, and then obviously Oliver. That but was, I don't know when that
3: that was his big role.
1: Really, that was the
2: first. I mean, that was only two thousand seven, so it was just his second oh, year right. at the theater. That's right. Um, and my favorite story is he went to auditions totally just with the intention of getting to be part of the chorus and being with my friends and hanging out with my buddies. And the cast list came out and we saw where he was cast and he was out riding his scooter. (laughs) So I had to go out into the neighborhood and find him. And so we called him in. We said, the cast list is up. And he came in with his helmet in his hand. And we went into the family room and looked at the cast list, and he threw his helmet down. He was so mad at your mom. (laughs) And he was like, I'm so mad at her. Why would she do this to me? He was freaking out. Um, You know, most of the young boys that came... And auditioned, probably were really trying to get <laughs> right, Oliver and right. the one kid that got it, <laughs> Didn't really um want it. he really <laughs> just wanted to be part of the got- you know part of the gang and right. have fun and but he really rose to the challenge and worked his butt off um we went on vacation we we knew we had a vacation plan to Virginia camping, and it was you know, midway through rehearsals. So I remember Amanda and Jed would sit in the camper and you would hear them singing. She would help him learn his songs and you'd hear their little voices coming from, from the camper and stuff. Um, so he took it really seriously. Um, and I think he was just, you know, it was, it was precious.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I, I remember backstage for that. That was my first play ever and
2: yeah you were on the cover of the your silhouette was the, yes. uh, the was Oliver yeah the silhouette
1: you can tell by my my bulbous head um, <laughs> that's me that's a cabbage head <laughs> yeah the cabbage <laughs> head, yeah, uh I remember backstage we would play uh Mario Kart uh, everyone would bring their d s s and whoever had the game would would plug it in and we 'd all play, and you would obviously have to go on, i mean you're Oliver, like you have to go on and do your stuff. And so I remember him being like a little upset every time we'd have to go on. But it was just so, so fun to have those memories. And and that would carry over onto all of our sleepovers. We'd start a game, literally pause it, wait to get home. And then when he was sleeping over, continue Mm -hmm. our Mario Kart game from the show. Like, oh, yeah, the show that's whatever. (laughs) Interrupting (laughs) the game. Yeah, the show's interrupting Mm -hmm. our Mario Kart sessions. Um, But that, I do remember that. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, he was in A Christmas Carol how many times? Ooh.
2: At least There's three. so many. A Christmas
3: Carol, yeah, he, at least three times. I know the last, well, he, probably more, because the last two times I think he just played the Ghost, Ghost of, of Christmas,
2: Christmas, Future. Christmas
3: Future.
1: He did that twice?
2: He did
3: that twice. Okay. So, yeah, and the one time I know he played, uh, he played young Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. And there was one time... I'm not sure what he was playing but I know he he when at the end when the ghost of of Christmas yet to come comes out with the dead body yes we the one time we used a a plank and he laid on the plank and and your uh Jesse and I pushed it out Okay. And then he just kind of sat there, and then we had to pull it back in. He had to trust us the whole time yeah. because we could have dropped him at you any were over time. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so least...
2: I don't remember all the shows I've done. Right. You know. So to right. even remember all of the ones, you know, especially right. when they were repeat shows. Like, you know, he was in It's a Wonderful Life as young George Bailey. I mean, yeah. yeah you know. I don't – yeah. I get them all kind of mushed together.
1: He's Sorry. the one who saved me in It's a Wonderful Life. I I was the one who who fell in the ice. My hand came out, and so young. It's crazy how young, because like I remember all this stuff, and like I remember him. Like obviously, like I I I don't know. Like like he's still here, and he he was the one who dive into the hole, and so we'd both be down in the under the mm-hmm. stage, which was like awesome to us. Like mm-hmm. this is so cool that we're under the stage during a play, and he'd always count for when I I come back up, and just he was just like a leader down there. It was so cool, mm-hmm. and. I would. I was making stupid faces at him all the time, and like he was, he was serious when he was on stage. Like, like I, he'll do anything backstage, but like he's like, all right, look, come on, you got to get up there now.
3: Well, he was serious except for at the end of of uh, all through the night, I believe.
2: The epic all through the, the, night, all through the night incident. I, what happened with that?
1: I was not there for it. Oh, um, that was like one of the one rehearsals I missed in my oh. career. Do you, you guys want to tell it when you want to tell it?
2: <laughs> go ahead. You
3: brought um, it up. Well, there was one thing that Jed was really famous for, and that was his really stinky gas. And <laughs> it was during a, uh, it might have been a bit of performance, but I at thought the it end was. of the show, I don't but want to ruin the you show. Been so there. at the end of the show, it's a very quiet, somber moment. And Jed let one go quietly. And quietly. It was a silent one. But all these kids who have to sit up in this area quietly mm. are now dying because <laughs> of the smell that Jed has, has filled the room with.
2: Mm-hmm. And anybody that was there, if I see them even years
0: later, they remind me about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was silent but What yeah. a legacy.
3: And I... your Uncle Jesse, who is known for... The same thing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> he also has bowed down to Jed. Yeah. Jed being
1: worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was. <laughs> there's so many of those that are just. <laughs> so many of those stories that are. And that's that are out the there. thing
2: I like is that, you know, doing this, we're talking about what an amazing person he was, how he always stuck up for the underdog, um, how he was kind and included everybody. But there's also this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he, people sometimes tend to, when uh, regarding Jed or really anybody that dies, you know, kind of deify them, make them out to be an angel and this and that. And he wasn't. He was just good-hearted, funny, um, kind, goofy, you know, Yeah. real.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there was a, a piece of advice he gave me during It's a Wonderful Life um and mark you're actually stuck up for for me in this this scenario i was on stage i was like up front because i was super small and i was picking my nose on stage because i was <laughs> young. i don't know that's that's what you do when you're young and we come backstage and he was just appalled he's like i what do you you can't do that on stage like people watch you that's like there's so many people in the audience and they all just watched you pick your nose <laughs> and you came back like hey you, you got to do what you got to do, and
2: but
3: not on stage. <laughs> that's, that's what he was,
1: he's like. Come on, you can't do that on stage. And but I, you're I haven't
3: playing natural on stage. That's <laughs> Something that someone naturally would do is pick their nose. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> uh,
1: another one of my favorite stories is, and we haven't actually talked about this on the podcast, I don't think, uh, when we sold our our own stuff at the craft show.
2: Oh <laughs> my god.
1: We mm-hmm. uh, we set up a table next to vendors who are working their butts off year-round. And
3: paying for the table. As well. <laughs> and,
1: and paying for their tables. And we set up a table and decided to sell air guitars and compliments.
0: I've heard this, so well, I don't know if you told me this separately or if it was a very early episode.
3: I've said it so many times. Yeah. It started out as compliments. You were just selling compliments. <laughs> So, because I remember going over and giving Rosie, your sister, a, a dollar, and she said, her her compliment to me was, you have a pretty cool son. Wow. I'd say, wait a minute, that's not a compliment. No, you complimented him, not me. So, And then the air guitars came out. Yeah. And it was hysterical because you guys would sit there tuning these air guitars before you <laughs> sold them to make sure that they sounded proper for the person who was buying
2: like them. they like 11 years old, 10 years old. <laughs> It was brilliant.
1: And people were were buying them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And oh my god. I remember one for sure. Uh I don't even remember who bought it, but Rose went under the table. She's like, okay, I gotta find one. And so she pulls like this case out, opens the case, takes it, and then she's like, Oh, it's got a little weight to it, and like hands it over the table and <laughs> they handed us ten dollars. I'm like, This is ridiculous.
2: Did <laughs> some of the vendors get upset? Yeah, oh yeah. I what? thought I thought someone Got yeah, upset. They were making all the money. They were
3: making more money than them.
1: Yeah, there was mm-hmm. a lot of the, the
2: <laughs> Just a couple, I think. But
1: there was a table across from us. Um, her, she had like Christmas decorations, homemade, and they were falling down. They like weren't staying upright. Nobody was going over to them, and here we are across from them, selling absolutely nothing. No
2: one wanted macaroni Christmas trees, <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right? And and people want compliments for however much we sold them for. I but...
2: think people were just so. <laughs> You know, delighted to see kids that are using their imagination and, you know, doing something and clever and hysterical, let's well, be honest.
3: the lady
1: across the way should have sold air drums. It's really- yeah. Yeah, true. You got to adapt to <laughs> see what's hot in the market. <laughs> I mean, not- it
0: was clever.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even remember whose idea it was. I was always just along for the ride. I was a goon. Right. And, uh... I I think he, he brought up on his phone like a Metallica riff or something, guitar riff. And, and we were just sitting there like pretending to, to strum away. So stupid and so ridiculous. <laughs> and then we took the money. We labeled it. We said, okay, this is for our haunted house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a crew, we weren't doing anything, of course. At a crew, we're like, oh, man, we're hungry. And we <laughs> <laughs> we call in and buy Franco's delivery. And it comes... We had I think we got like forty five or fifty dollars from it. It came to like forty three dollars and we're like, Man, this is this is real close. Eventually one of us notices that the, the delivery guy's been outside the door and we, we open it, he's shivering, it's freezing outside, he's like, Oh, I've been out here for like ten minutes and we're like, Oh, sorry and just hand him the two dollar tip and take the pizza and then people from crew who are working hard will come down and be like, Oh, there's pizza and we're like, Yeah, for us.
2: Eat your pizza.
1: I'm sure people got I probably in there. Did we were clear? We were, we were, I mean, they were more of the ones who would who would put the foot down. I nobody would listen to me, and we had our whole pizza to ourselves. And we got boneless wings and like just loaded up. Nobody counted the money before we. Mm-hmm. We're just like, yeah, this this will be enough.
0: I would have given that delivery guy a piece of pizza.
1: <laughs> we. Your kids, are yeah. like, eh, fine to warm
0: up. and then to
2: continue the fund for the haunted house every year because they would do these phenomenal haunted houses in your barn every year. Um, I think that's when the carnivals started.
1: Yes, yes. Know?
2: And we would be forced to stay after crew <laughs> to partake of some of the festivities.
1: Yeah, yeah. We would uh, again. This was Rose and, and Jed's thing, and I would come along and help set up. And we had these real janky games, <laughs> and everyone's working their butts off out front. I know how that is now. I mean, to be working all hours, and if one of the kids were like, "Hey, we got a carnival back here. Come give us your money," I don't. Know, I don't know that I'd be as nice as you guys are, and the whole crew would come back and spend their money on your own stuffed animals. <laughs> we would collect stuffed animals from our houses, and those were the prizes. Oh. <laughs> so if they won a game, they'd get their own stuffed, stuffed animal animals. back. And
2: then yeah, Jed'd <laughs> want it back. So yeah, yeah. Rosie came up with something interesting to sell. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not.
1: Yeah, the drama. Yeah, you if, I'm not You guys, mis- you, oh.
2: you can bring. It, you can say it.
1: <laughs> I've been talking the. Whole, and one of you bring bring that up. I mean, it's it's out there. That's fine. It's out there. Now. People okay. know it. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
3: It was a jar, and they decided to pass gas into this jar. Oh. And save it; it's probably still at the theater. Probably, I I'm sure, hopefully, nobody's opened it up at this. point. Yeah. It's probably rotting and away. Sell farts somewhere. in the jar. And they wanted to sell
1: these farts in a jar, and and it's. Did
2: you know, anybody ever buy them? I don't know mm.
1: that one. I stayed away from. I mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, you Tars stayed away from one that one. Right? That's- I didn't <laughs> yeah. see the money in it. He
3: found his line on that.
1: <laughs> I did yeah. not see the money. Um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. lucrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was absurd. Mm-hmm. And that was what at a Christmas party or something they came up with that. I Probably. don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't
2: remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, always trying to to scam people out of out of their money, mm-hmm.
2: but for a good cause. For the haunted for
3: house. The haunted yes.
1: house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well,
3: without going into detail, I was like that when I was young. Yeah. So I saw where Jed got it from cuz really? I was always trying to yeah, I was always we were always trying to put up things in our backyard, putt-putt or something like that to to have the neighborhood kids come in and play. So mm-hmm. he he got it from me. He knew how to
1: try, draw uh, drawn up some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was always his idea for the haunted house to bring trick-or-treaters in. And we were like, yeah, that's cool. And He's like, yeah, and then we charge them. And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think we brought it up to, to my parents and like, well, no, because if somebody gets hurt, insurance, blah, blah, blah all that mm-hmm. crap. And uh, I don't know. It always sounded like a good idea to us. They're like, we could buy our own shed if we wanted to and make our own haunted house at that rate. Yeah. <laughs> Charging <laughs> trick the or treat. house was cool because it got, it got better and better every year. As you
2: guys got older. As you older. guys got older, mm-hmm. you
1: learned how
3: to, how to form it better. And you guys would take off, I think everyone would take off from school and-, and Ha- Halloween day. Oh, yeah. And the day after. And the day after. Yeah. You, you got, I don't know mm-hmm. how you guys pulled that one off, but... I
2: mean, it was you, impressive. Know. Yeah, it was. No, I mean, it really was. two days off. Like oh, that. because some things... <laughs> yeah, I mean, some things like... Some things are more... Being, important. well, doing practical things like figuring these things out <laughs> and whatever, you know, figuring out how to make these rooms and walkways and whatever. That's an important skill, too. And, you know, there's more to education than... Sitting in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Amen. Love that.
3: Your mom's not going to listen to this. Story, <laughs> <is>. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
1: no, my mom is a big advocate for that, for mm-hmm. sure. That's how I got those days off. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> was an easy one. Um, yeah, we would always take those days off. And we would spend months planning. And none of our plans would come out to actually be be what it was. It would just be the moment of like, okay, let's put a hallway here, put a hallway here. And I would always hold the nails. And Jed would be the one up, dangling from the ladder, from his head. He'd always just put his head against the thing and start hammering in. And one year, we're like, well, let's just leave the nails up. Like, I don't know why. That makes sense. The the stupid things like that that are just – that we would come across every year. Like, oh, well, maybe we should just, like, use the same sheets again. Like, (laughs) yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, But I was always the one who would hold the nails. And then Rose and Jed would be – fighting about where the sheet should go finally mm-hmm. and I was just I was just there handing nails up that was so much fun that whole haunted house experience mm-hmm. and I would love to continue and make make a, a full haunted house that was always what we talked about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a huge haunted house and like an apple cider bar mm-hmm. um, I would love to do that carry on Yeah. what, was, what we were supposed to do um, there's a moment I brought up Christmas Carol before and I want to Go back because I want to talk about the our our skits too, along with our carnivals, but um Christmas Carol you said was was his last one right
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was i don't know <laughs> were you in that one I was do you remember him laying down in the green room in agony, yes, with a lot of back pain yes that was that was the cancer right we didn't realize it at the time. But um, that was um, right around the second time I took him to the doctor that year for the back pain because it was so severe. And then it would just go away. But I remember he would be – I had him loaded up with ibuprofen or whatever and he would be crying on the sofa in the green room. And, you know, someone, me sometimes would be like, all right, bud, you got to get out there. And, um, yeah, so that was his last show
1: i i have a, a moment that i will forever love there are multiple moments throughout every show i was the one because it was when he was standing up there and and mm-hmm. the sheet would drop so he looked massive i was the one who would drop the sheet so him and i would would get up there early enough and we would just sit on the pile of costumes and just talk mm-hmm. and i i was talking to him about school because like that was my biggest problem at the time <laughs> about my hair i'm <laughs> like they they don't want me having long hair blah blah blah. and he's always like dude just go to a public school like that was and and like but he actually cared and like he'd 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 talk it out with me and i'm like nobody cares about your hair mm-hmm. nobody cares what you're what you're going through and i remember one of the last shows he was like ah yeah my 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 back really hurts and i was like you uh, like maybe you should see a chiropractor or something and and get that fixed and I, I just I will never forget those moments sitting, mm-hmm. and I can point out right where we we were just on a pile of costumes, just just hanging out before mm-hmm. before we had to go on. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I'm grateful that I got those moments for sure. Yeah,
2: it's the simple things a lot of times, you know, not yeah. the big whatever. Um, you know, those are so many of the moments I remember is just you know the little hand squeeze or you know. A goofy moment. You know, you trip and you look at each other and just burst out laughing. You know, things right. like that. Right. The little conversation, you know.
1: Yeah. That's the important part. And for everyone to know why he's so important and, and how he was so important because he was just a genuine person. Mm-hmm. Which, like in theater especially, is like something that, that's not the easiest to find. Everyone's always wanting the parts or wanting something more. He genuinely just wanted to be there and
2: be part of the team and be mm-hmm. part of it yeah
1: and that is like what i tried to reach every day of my life mm-hmm. like just do this because you want to do it mm-hmm. like that that's awesome to me and i i'll never forget his his attitude and and just how he was there um but the backtracking a bit we would do skits with the carnivals and um that was always just it's those moments too that like mm-hmm. i will never ever forget as long as i live um coming up with these stupid stupid acting class skits and just feeling like, okay and now now we have to perform this for mm-hmm. for everyone who just was at crew and is all sweaty and and gross and so you guys would come back would you pay for that too
2: <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question
3: i feel Probably. like they wouldn't miss
1: that
2: probably <laughs>
3: yeah you probably wouldn't miss
1: that
2: opportunity i mean it was it it's not like they were being greedy other than you guys did order pizza and not share it <laughs> right. but it was it was always you know we're trying to raise money for the haunted house and you guys would not only do a haunted house for everybody it would be fantastic yeah and you were kids so of course people are willing to you know support that <laughs> um yeah your plays yeah, <laughs> we we just wanted to go home and have lunch, <laughs> right. but we weren't allowed to.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and 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 we would try to rig some some stupid like like we we loved the Home Alone bag thing, and and there was a whole scene where where Jed had the the shopping bags from his trip, and we cut holes in the bottom so everything he got came out, <laughs> and I was picking it up and just like stupid things like that, and the amount of times that we'd rehearse it. <laughs> is insane because cruise nine to noon we we took every minute of that nine to noon to try to get these skits perfect for for no reason but but just just to have fun mm-hmm. and that's that's what i love just when even like when i'm directing now like i always go back to that just like it evolved to to now like actually loving and, and mm-hmm. doing it like that like it's so cool to have started Mm-hmm. There and and just with your friends and just coming up with whatever the hell you for want for the joy to. of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's another thing that's important about not only his memory but the award mm-hmm. is that the, these people are here because they enjoy it mm-hmm. and they they just want to have fun. They want to be a part of everything. And um, yeah, that's that's just something impo- important to remember for everyone yeah. in anything you do. Not the last just theater. Thing
3: he wanted was to be the star of the show. Yeah. He just wanted to be part of it. He wanted to be the ensemble. That's yeah. all he yeah.
2: wanted. Be so. part of the crew. Be part of the gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. And we were we were in, I mean, countless shows together. But we did, um, oh, what's it? Uh, the Cabbage. Lottie and Bernice mm-hmm. Cabbage yes. one. A whole Get bunch of kids were in that. Get Off mm-hmm. My Cabbage. Yes. Uh, which we just did again, which was just a, a flush of memories Mm-hmm. Coming back, we had the Nerf War,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, Tom, Dan, uh, Rose, Annette, Sonia, me—I can't remember everyone else who was in it. Jed, obviously, and we would hang out backstage for the majority of that. Mm-hmm. Like that, we would just come on and do our little skits. And he brought a DVD player, and he was watching TV, and and or well, was watching videos, and he was watching Glee. And Glee was, like, my my enemy at that moment because, like, it was what's popular. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. like what's popular. And so I remember just, just fighting with him about that the whole time. He's like, like – I'm like, why do you even like it? Like, it's stupid. Like, that's for girls. And he's like <laughs> – He's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. So, like, even just the, the, these little, like, stupid things where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like, he – you can like whatever you want to yeah. like. like.
2: Oh, he would never fall for someone being like, that's for girls or right. this or that. He'd be like, yeah, well, I mean, he still to this day sitting in his room on his bookshelf, because we haven't really changed his room, is his matching deodorants and colognes because he liked smelling good, Yeah, you know, and um, we played a game as a family years ago Um I think he might have been sick at that point. I don't really remember. But it was called The Battle of the Sexes. And it was the guys versus the girls. And girls had to answer questions about guys. And guys had to answer questions about, you know, that were like girl-centered. Like about Cosmopolitan Magazine and whatever. Well, the guys spanked us because they had Jen on their team. You know, and he had no qualms about, you know, like and wearing nice clothes, his pink shirts, whatever. Because no one was ever going to. Question. You know, he was just confident. He was confident in who he was, and like, you know, absolutely, no one was going to shake him. Yeah. So yeah,
1: which is the coolest, the coolest thing ever. And mm-hmm. like, I, I definitely picked up on that, especially with the whole Glee thing. Cause I'm like, well, my sister watches it, so like, it's a girl thing. And and just she's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care what it's for. I'm watching it. I like it. And and I think I don't know something. Connected there, because mm-hmm. yeah, who cares? I yeah, think
3: deep down inside, he 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 seemed like he cared, but deep down, I felt felt like he really cared what people thought of him. Yeah, he was going to be Jed. He was going right. to do what he mm-hmm. was going to do. And-
2: I mean, he cared in that he wanted to be kind and nice and and respectful, and right. but yeah, I mean, his he loved reggae, he loved Bob Marley, and the whole um sensibility of, you know, no worries. Yes. You know, you live your life, I'll live my life. No worries. You know, we're just all doing our best to live our lives and be happy. And I I learned that from him. Yeah. I remember you know, I'm kind of like a high oh, person. Um what would you stressful? I don't know how you would, you know. You? Yeah
3: overcharged okay and so
2: driving you just adds to that and i remember numerous times driving and being like oh my gosh i gotta get going oh this moron's gotta get out of my way whatever and he'd be like mom it's all right the guy you know he he's just trying to get to work we're just going to dinner it's no big deal you know and he would just be so level-headed and chill even as a kid and i learned that from him yeah. You know, which is really a a wonderful thing to be able to really not just learn something from your child or your kids, but to become a better person because of them and really learn, you know, yeah, they can show you how to play the guitar or something like that, but to really learn things about being a better person. Right. And Jed definitely, definitely inspired me to be a better person. Yeah. Um. It sounds cheesy, but it is, I mean, it's, I, I I think pretty much anybody that knew him would say that.
1: I was just going to say, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who wouldn't say mm-hmm. that who knew him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my my parents just love him mm-hmm. to death. And and av- every single person in that building, you can find someone who, who, who would say one negative thing about him. He's just mm-hmm. a fantastic human being.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard anything bad. Like everything I've ever heard has been great. Yeah, and I feel like just hearing—I mean, this now too—I feel like I really would have liked him.
1: Oh, you would have. Mm-hmm. You would have. I, I, there's no reason not to like him at all. Nobody ever had a problem with him. He was just—he you know, was Jed, yeah. and and when we'd be annoying backstage, Carl would love to to oh <laughs> pretend that that he hated him, but he would mm-hmm. squirt us with with water or do whatever whatever Carl would do. But that was one of my favorite rivalries of all time was, was Jed and Carl <laughs> backstage during mm-hmm. anything. And mm-hmm. Carl was like, all right, you guys need to quiet down. And, and just how they would just banter, banter. Mm-hmm. It, it, fantastic. I love, mm-hmm. I love both of them, yeah. obviously. Um, but yet, ah, uh, I miss those, those moments more than anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And finally, a show we didn't uh, talk about is all through the night, him and all through the night. Um, I again, some of my all time favorite memories was being backstage uh, for that because you are backstage for the whole first act. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of show what kind of a person he is, I am not going to out this person, but somebody peed on their costume a little bit. When you are a guy, you are standing up, you and you are wearing the big, the big gown. Yeah, it slipped, and and somebody somebody had a little pee on their costume. So. um he was like freaking out, this person. And so Jed went to the water cooler and put a little water on his, on the bottom of his gown.
2: Oh, he would totally do that. And he's
1: like, he's like, look, look, we're all the same. So then we all went over and did that. Like, just like <laughs> at the time, I never you're knew like, that. oh. no, that. yeah.
2: I never knew that. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Yeah.
1: It was, yeah. and at the time, like, you don't think anything of it. You're a kid. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's all get wet. Like, Jed got his costume wet. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that too. But like, looking That's back 100. at it, like, yeah. Wow. Like that's,
3: yeah. that's, that's incredible just to make the other person not
1: feel yeah
2: mm-hmm.
3: self-conscious.
1: And when you're that young to do that, mm-hmm. like now, yeah, sure. But like we're kids, we're all kids.
2: Yeah. He did. He, he had a heart that I just, I kind of go, wow. Yeah. You know, and that, that example is the perfect example yeah. because he cared, He really, he did, he cared more about other people than himself. I don't know where that came from, but, um, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, maybe I try to make myself feel better about him, you know, not being here anymore. And, like, maybe, you know, I I remember you saying after Jed died that, you know, he basically, he, he gave so much of his heart away during his life that there wasn't enough strength left in it after he had surgery to sustain him because ultimately he died because his heart could not withstand the trauma of the surgery because of the damage from the chemo and radiation, you know, so I, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just a romantic, you know, something you kind of tell yourself, but it kind of resonates with me.
1: No, that makes sense. It -hmm. really does. I have another one, um, and we can get back to all through the night after this, but I, we both did Tech Club, and I would talk to him about that all the time. It was just building with, with different stuff, and I was so excited to be a part of it, and excited that he did it, too, and it was something that I, I didn't know, mm-hmm. and so it was a day of Tech Wars, a big competition I that you worked up wars. for, mm-hmm. and I I forgot what school is was at, but I would text him. I had my – on my iPod, I had my, my free – Texting app, and I'm like, where are you here? And he was just like tell me where he was and stuff. And like normally, it, when you're around your school friends and everyone who's your age, and some young kid comes up and like, oh, like, so excited to see him. I found him eventually, and he ran over and like gave me a big hug and was like, oh, like this is and like showed me his friends and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. like that's feeling included. Like that's not just like, oh, hi, like get out of here. I got my friends here. No. He and he showed me his robot that mm-hmm. that they all made and I was like this is the coolest thing ever like that's what I'm going to yeah. be doing in tech club one day
2: yeah if Jed loved you you were good yeah you know he had your back he had your back he loved you fully and completely and honestly you know yeah so genuine just genuine yeah that's the main word I always think of
1: absolutely and um, all through the night, we have I, I, some videos and stuff where, where like he'd he'd come in and and we're just doing stupid just the whole time doing stupid stuff. And Justine, my cousin, was there to um, work with the kids for the first half, and <laughs> she would try to be serious and and work on the lines. But we're all back there together. Tom's there, and and it would just go over as well as you would expect mm-hmm. it would with with a bunch of kids who are that close, that tight. Yeah. And just the memories from that, again, are are fantastic. I will mm-hmm. never, ever forget yeah, I that.
3: I think that was his favorite show
1: that, yeah. he, that
3: he
2: would do every time. I think so. It was so impactful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I played John the first year we did it after that, after oh. Jed passed. And that was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Cause we would all be back there before we'd come on for the second act and he'd had his, had the big cane mm-hmm. and would pound on the floor three times. And like, that's burnt into my Iconic.
2: memory. I know exactly the moment you mean. Completely mm-hmm. burnt
1: in. And yeah. so like every night I did that, I'm like fighting tears because I'm like, this is, this is so him. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was cool to, to be the one to, to do it after him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's definitely one of the, the hardest things I've ever had to do. Cause he's just in that show. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and hopefully that year he would have played Neil. Yes. So he would have graduated from the kids roles up mm-hmm. into the adult role. Yes. Yeah.
2: So
1: and that's the year Amanda played Neil, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
2: She, that's the year she was now. Yes. Now. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember that and just how, how hard it was and how hard it was to announce it. I remember we announced it and just like. How how can you, you do it? it with
3: pounding the stick three times. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Pounded the stick three times and then we, we laid the stick out. The stick broke after my time of doing it. So really? it is officially wow. retired. Wow. But um, it was cool that I at least got one time to, to go with it. And he, I, it's just so iconic. Him with it. I, I picture him with the, the, the brown wraparound mm-hmm. coming down because he was Joseph and just carrying that big stick with him everywhere he went. And, and then playing catch with baby Jesus, just all these, all these iconic moments. He has so many iconic, um, costumes or looks or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll never, never forget any of our all through the night memories for sure. Mm -hmm. And every time we do it, it's, I, I talked to everyone about it last time when I directed and just like, <clears throat> we have to make this good for everyone because I, everyone who's passed has had a connection to to this show and I'm like, especially Jed because that's the closest one to my heart and I was the one directing. Um, so yeah, every time we have to make sure that that's known and that it's important that he is mm. in it every time we do it, for sure.
0: What was your favorite role of his? Uh, For me,
2: 100% Oliver. He just, because I saw how much he didn't want to do it, and then he had to get over that and put that aside and rise to the challenge. And at one point, we've watched it on video. The video pretty much, well, not video, DVD. And at one point, there... I think it's the market scene where who will buy, you know, I'm not going to sing it or anything, but <laughs> and he's in the market and all of a sudden, you know, all these people are in the on the back of the stage singing and they're basically waiting for Jed to kind of just march up front and center and boom, there he does in his little knickers and he just he was a great little leading man. Um and you know, so for for me to see him be able to rise to the challenge with the music, the singing. Um, And it was very sweet. He had him and Amanda had a lot of really sweet scenes together. Um, Something else about during that show was a friend of his unexpectedly died um, during the run of the show. And his funeral was actually on a day that there was a show. And Jed had, you know, seen him you know, in his casket, and then it gets taken to the, you know, the um, the cemetery, and we went to the cemetery, and that night, Jed had to get thrown in a coffin and tried to bang his way out, and I remember him talking to me about how scared he was to have to do that, so for me, it was a lot of these things where he really had to push himself beyond things that were comfortable for him from singing and being the little leading man to something really serious like that. And he just pushed aside, you know, his fears and whatever to be able to, you know, follow through for the whole group, you know, and for the production. Um, It was just, you know, and then, of course, all through the night, just because it's all through the night. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Right
3: but i liked when he played uh george bailey junior mm-hmm. when i played george bailey well yeah i just thought that was kind of cool that that he was cast as
2: mm-hmm.
3: me
1: younger mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. that's, i love that that was that was kind of cool i love that that's fun um all right i think that's pretty much everything do you guys have any statements to wrap up
2: um mainly that it's something your dad said I think it was the first membership meeting, probably after Jed died, and your dad was talking about Jed and saying like uh, that the theater was the biggest playground any could kid could ever have or want, and it was you yeah. know I think of you know all the years from from The green room to the costume room down to the basement to where you guys stored, you know, store set pieces and stuff. You know, what a cool thing. Yeah, this was, you know, and, you know. I've said so the memories and the the times that he had there after Jed died, I said to Mark, what the heck was the point? What was the point of. uh, Sorry. What was the point of raising such an amazing human being? What the heck was the point? Right. Just to have him be stolen like this, right at the cusp of manhood. And Mark said, you know, he had an amazing life. He did. He had an amazing life. And think of what this playground and all his buddies at this playground was probably one of the most integral parts of it. Yeah. So that's really just my, you know, um, that's always going to be very precious to us.
1: Yeah. Well, he, I mean, everything I do is I, I wouldn't be who I am without him 110%. I mean, he was my role model for so, so long. I wrote a paper about him. I don't know where. Wow. Um, and it was, I think it was before everything. Um, before he just, got sick, yeah, Barbara. and it was just like, who who do you look up to most in your life? And it's like Jed was always my my number one answer because he was <laughs> my best. Like I always was like he's my best friend, um, and and I I have to find that paper. It was what fourth grade maybe, so I don't know where where it is, but always always looked up to him. And I know Mike the same way, Rose same way, M um, the way he affected my family in ways that I see every day is just unbelievable unbelievable
3: he made everyone feel like like you were his best friend yeah he and, and he was generally you were
1: yeah you know yeah so i can't even uh, imagine how that stretches uh through his school life his um whatever else he did um cousins his and, cousins his yeah. family everything and everybody else at the theater everybody at the theater has has countless stories mm-hmm. and um he will never be forgotten and we're going to continue to, to spread his message and just hopefully um, uh, I love the award. Uh, that's one of like the most important things we do every year, I think, and finding people that we can share this knowledge with and share this information with. And um, I'm excited for people to hear this and just know more about him because uh, we talk about him nonstop and and keep his memory alive
3: we appreciate that
1: yeah i appreciate you guys for coming on
0: yeah thank you for sharing your stories thank you guys thank you
1: all right thank you we'll sign off for this one um follow us on social media starry night uh facebook instagram what else we have tiktok that's it yeah yeah all right thanks for listening